The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. And today, as it is a Thursday and not the best of market days for our grain producers, Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield. And Troy, we were talking uh, before we started Final Bell that corn and beans, boy, they took a hit again today. It's kind of that elephant in the room. Let's just get it out there. Let's talk about what's been happening in this trade. Yeah, let's do. Um, corn corn wise, we are down three and three quarters to four cents here on the close today. Uh, soybeans down seven cents on the day. And I think one of the big features that we're looking at, of course, is uh, China is in D.C. Uh, meeting with our delegates this, uh, today, actually, and, and this week, I would assume. Uh, and so there's possible trade or um, tariffs uh, on soybeans. And I think that's that's really the fundamental issue that we're dealing with today as far as um, being, putting a little bit of a damper in these grain markets. Um, and, and if you look at like November soybeans, we're down to 10.02 on soybeans and uh, corn on new crop, December corn down to, uh, we actually, I believe, hit um, 4.13 this morning and closed at 4.13 and a quarter. Uh, that's off about 10 cents from the re- very recent high in that market. And so, it feels bad to have a four cent day down and a seven cent day down, but I think what we're really doing is is um, correcting down in what I would consider longer term uptrends in both of those markets. So you, you talk about the longer term for this market. What are we going to see for corn and beans as we continue through this growing season? Yeah, I think that's I think that's great, Susan. Take a uh, step back and look at the bigger picture, which is um, we're at ten dollars yet on November soybeans. Not not a bad level. Uh, we're at 413 on December corn. Still not a bad level. I know it's not the levels that we're seeking typically as a producer, but we're pretty close, and we're just kind of coming into the time of year where we start building weather premium into these markets. And that hasn't happened. It doesn't happen until the seed's in the ground. And then also, you know, if you look at these northern tier states, you get up in Minnesota and those areas, um, they still have planting delays and and. What we really haven't talked about up there is they've had planting delays and they're going to have emerge uh, emergence delays also. So there could be some weather premium built from there. I don't think we've seen a lot of that yet. But that with the time of year that we're looking at for the next two, two and a half months is where we usually see the weather premium put into these markets. Um, and what we've really done here this week is really just come back down to some longer term moving averages which are support levels on these markets on corn and beans. And from here, I would anticipate, and this is just my opinion, that we'd start building some weather premium into these markets here in the next few weeks. Um, Hopefully we can get past uh, some of the political issues um, and and move forward. Uh, And and so what my big push would be is if you look at what is a typical peak year in and year out in the corn market, it's usually mid-June. That's a real typical time. Soybeans, it's July. And so if you look at those uh, times, I would look at those as opportunities to get some marketing done if you if you still need to get some new crop sales made. It's, it's some good advice because, you know, as you and I have talked many times before, 
it's easy to become overly emotional with this crop, especially with this year when we had such a, a cooler April, a warmer May so far. But we need to look beyond that and look at the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it, you're 100%. Look at the bigger picture. Uh, we came into this year uh, in January. We came in with December corn, for example, uh, trading right down here at about 379. Here today, we're disappointed because it's down to 413. Um, so if you look at the bigger picture, we're putting in higher highs, higher lows. We're in an uptrend on this chart. Um, and at some point, we will see the top to this thing. But typically, you don't see it as you're starting the growing season. Usually, it's in, into the growing season, into June or July. Um, and so I think the opportunities are in front of us. To really put in some nice cash sales. If I were a producer, I would I would uh, be looking at actually placing those elevator orders or wherever you're going to sell into that cash market. Get those targets set and place those orders because it can happen really quick and it can disappear even quicker. You know, Troy producers, and you, you talked about this being more weather premiums being set into the market, especially for these row crops. Uh, producers I've talked to say that they feel like this year, compared to let's look at 17, even 16 growing season, this is such a weather-related market. Yeah, absolutely. I think it it, it is such of a weather-related market that um, it, it's going to be very sensitive to any crop production um, issues because world numbers are, are tight also. Um, I mean, we could see if, if everything comes together right, we could see the world supply and demand, or excuse me, the world uh, stocks to use on corn at about 125 to 13%. Um, if that happens, that'd be about the lowest or the tightest stocks to use on corn in the world we've seen for about 45 years. That would be huge in this market. I don't want to get overly friendly or bullish um, on this market, but I do think that there's an underlying support because of the world shrinking stocks. And also um, in, in the U.S., we could pull our stocks to use back down also um, in an area that should support futures up into um, much friendlier areas. And that could happen real soon. Well, I understand, too, that, you know, you guys are all watching the weather like we do, but this weekend's weather forecast that's been moving in across the Rockies, talking about some severe weather moving in, we've got the crop out of the ground. We do not need to deal with hail and high winds at this point. <laughs> that's right. We are. We really don't need that. You're right. We don't want that. The clouds can do whatever they want. You know, it can be nice rain or it can be hail, but um, typically... Right now, um, as we do have some emerge and we do have a lot of seed in the ground in this part of the country. We have got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up right after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. And we've kind of looked at some of the ins and outs of this grain market and the fluctuations we've seen in the prices over the last couple of days. But it makes me wonder how much of the outside market influence. I'm talking the stuff going on in D.C., the, the talks with China, NAFTA with today supposed to be the deadline, according to Paul Ryan. And like you and I were talking, not to get political about it, it still has an impact on what we see happening in agriculture. Yeah, absolutely, Susan. You do, it is a huge impact. 
uh, and it, it has everything to do with our ability to uh, export grain to the world. And so um, we, we look at how it affects us, but also we have to look at how it affects our competitors. And so, um, you know, I think the, the tensions are really high with China and NAFTA. Um, my opinion is the, the, uh, what we're seeing are just some short-term um, situations that will get ironed out, in my opinion, um, because I think they'll, there is a desire on both sides to uh, continue business. And so China, China needs our soybeans. Uh, they need the meal. Um, so I think there's a strong desire there to continue that. I think they'll come to some resolution and, and put this behind us. Which will definitely be good news. Let's move forward and then continue to market some products overseas. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you do look at the marketing, um, I won't give the, the specific numbers, but um, soybeans were down just a little bit on the export sale uh, report this week. But soybean meal was very strong. And so when you look at the actual products that they were pulling out, it was actually the meal, not the beans. And then on the corn, corn was very respectable. There was some brisk sales there in, in the corn market. So um, our exports leading up to this week have been really solid in those, those, both of those commodities. Can we say we're banking on something good coming from these China talks? Because I had done some reading earlier this week that said there was hopes that there was going to be some purchases made while they were here. Have you heard anything export-wise on that? <laughs> I have not heard that. I have not heard specifics or, or anything confirmed, but that's everybody's hope so that we can uh, you know, put this behind us and, and, uh, and continue business with them as we have. And so, because uh, we can see today what, what can happen if, if we don't come to an agreement. Uh, it can be really detrimental. So I think it's very important and it's a little bit scary in these markets. Uh, the beans down seven and corn down four. Um, so, you know, if they can get that put together, that'd be very healthy to our market. And it would be nice if going, <clears throat> excuse me, going into a Friday, we could end the week on a positive note for these grains. That always makes a big difference. You bet. We'd love to see it on a, on a positive note on a Friday. Uh, yet at the same time, you know, if November beans can hold $10 and push a little above, um, if corn can hold that 410 area, we're a few cents above that right now. Um, I think we could at least come into next week and say, hey, now what kind of weather issues and what kind of weather premium do we need to start building into these markets? And the market, as a function of, of the futures market, they will do that as there is issues arising. So um, I, I'm, I'm positive these markets, and I think really good opportunities are just ahead of us. If I were a producer, my, my, um, my definitely would recommend, you know, whether it's here with Smart Yield or it's a different company, um, have a marketing plan in place. Get your target set, place your orders, and get ready to be profitable. Very good advice. Let's jump uh, and switch over to the livestock side. We uh, look at some bit of a breather going on maybe and seeing some higher numbers within this cattle market. As you look at it from a technical perspective, what are we seeing? Yeah, on a technical perspective, um, I also look at the U.S. dollar, of course. And the U.S. dollar, um, we saw it kind of bottomed out here uh, about the second week of February and it traded sideways, and just the last three weeks, the U.S. dollar has started pushing higher pretty strong. As that's t- taken place, it's, it's uh, really put a little bit of a damper on, on our livestock market, um, and there's been such a big disparity between the cash and the futures market um, here with that June contract. 
Um, and so that's why I think we've seen a pretty decent sell-off here in that market. We've also been fighting the U.S. dollar on that. So that that has been a, a strong sell-off. What we've also done, though, we had a prior low at 101.62. Um, today's low came in at 101.37. So we've got right back down to that prior little swing low and turned the market back up today. June ended up over a dollar higher for the day. And those deferred months, um, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 to 50 cents higher, 60 cents higher um, on the live cattle. Feeders were up, you know, a buck and a half to buck 85 today. So um, a pretty strong turnaround in those markets. And as we're coming into the type of time of year where we see typically higher demand, it'd be really nice to see this chart continue on an uptrend. Very much so. What is the best way? We've talked about a variety of different things today. Producers, Troy, that want to talk more with you or Eric, what's the best way to reach you guys at Smart Yield? Yeah, uh, Smart Yield in Kearney, Nebraska. The best way to reach us is uh, the landline, which is 308-234-6805. All right. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network, brought to you by Fontenelle and your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.